0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by 18-time trainer of world champions, Teddy Atlas. How you doing, Teddy? Good, Ken, doing good. Doing good. (laughs) Money, money,
1: you know, it's all about the money, right, Ken? It's all about the money. It's all about the money, baby. Baby, listen, if you listen to our podcast and you went to my bookie, All right. You can make a larger swimming pool. You, you, I mean, for you, you can put another lane in your bowling alley. Uh, Right. Whatever it is. But this, this episode is, it's about the money. It's about the money man, Floyd Mayweather. He made no qualms about it. He was very honest about it. He said, if you're going to go let me rob money and you're not, and it's, uh, you know, I don't have to have a gun and you're not going to arrest me for it. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it. So we went and got some, too. We went to my bookie, and we, we bet on all the don'ts. We bet on the over. Everything that we told our great people, our great fans out there. Uh, and, and, you know, your, your part is coming, Ken. Your part is coming. It'll, <laughs> it'll be delivered by a special delivery. And um, it's, uh, that's that money. Money. Money, baby. It's, uh, it's all about the money. It's all Floyd, they do this. Hey, give him credit. Anybody who begrudges him and all joking aside right now, uh, they're wrong. He's taken risks for 20 years to get in the ring. He figured out a way to steal money, as he said. He said. Teddy didn't say it. He said it without stealing, without being illegal, without hurting anybody. Hey, go ahead. The other guy built up 20 million followers. It's the American way. He figured out a way to exploit that, uh, to capitalize on that, to make that into this. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Why not? It's the people's choice. There's no gun put to their head. Right? And I hope our our fans have a few bricks out there from uh, going to my bookie. Hope so. Uh, Bet (laughs) responsibly, by the way. Responsibly, okay?
0: (laughs) Oh man! I thought you were going to talk about the biggest story in boxing from the past two weeks. No Needle Donaire becomes the oldest yeah. bantamweight in the history by three Tremendous. years. What is he And it, now 38? you're talking about yes. the Floyd Mayweather sideshow. Well, you Ken yeah. Donaire.
1: <laughs> so so right I mean we'll get to that too but yeah, tremendous yeah, yeah. just uh, tremendous uh, I'm gonna li- keep the people wanting more hopefully I'm telling you about Donair you know what that was he was fighting an undefeated world champion in Obali, right but yep. it was ready re- when I say this people are gonna say whoa what, what, what why is he saying it that way it was a uh, it was an amateur with a pro. That's what it was. A man and a boy, but it was an yep. amateur. And people are going to say, but he had a world title. He was under. I don't care.
0: He was an amateur with a pro. That's what it was. Ah, 100% and we'll get into it later. I was just going to tease you before you jumped into the money, man. I was going to tell you, Teddy, let's get right into it. The fans are clamoring. Biggest story in boxing. No needle in air. But you beat me to the punch again. Money always wins. Well... <laughs> this week this week this week yep well i'll tell you the uh there was an awesome undercard fight on this uh, on this one um luis arias put it on jared heard and one other thing i gotta say i can't help i can't help it (laughs) that ain't crumpets baby (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, what would you go, think man. of uh, Luis Arias? He uh, he came to fight. He uh, took it to Jared Hurd. I, f- I thought it was most entertaining fight of the night.
1: How'd you like it? Hey, I'm glad they got one fight, really. And I'm, you know, we're being honest. Uh, at least there was one fight on the call. You know, one real fight. And it was terrific. It was terrific. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me was... And I wonder if it stood out to you, Ken... Uh, and to the fans out there, but how enormous! I, I was bulky. just gonna say. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was like the glob. I mean, it was. I thought he was gonna eat the guy. I mean, it was like you. He was over him, like, uh, like, like engulfing him. I mean, I looked at it. I was like, whoa, these guys in the same weight class, and he. Give credit to both of them. They were tough all night, two warriors. But give credit to Arias. This big, bulky monster just kept coming and coming and coming. And I thought he was gonna break them down after a while. And after a while, it looked like he might. It looked like he might. But no, Arias would always find a way. Kind of like Arturo Gatti, the late, great Arturo Gatti. Oh my God, what a cardiac kid. What an action kid he was. He was like an action hero, but he would always find a way to recover, you know when you don't, when you thought it was done, and same thing here <coughs> excuse me, Arius would keep finding a way to recover, and boy, oh boy, he reminded me he reminded me of Rocky Lockridge. Uh, When Rocky Lockridge, back in the 70s, 80s, when he was world champion, uh, two division, I believe, junior, lightweight, and lightweight, he knocked out Rodgers Mayweather, tremendous puncher, tremendous champion, tremendous fighter, obviously the uncle of Floyd Mayweather. But Rocky Lockridge had this, he had this signature move, punch down, where he would, Ken, he would flurry downstairs, and then, whop! The loop of right hand upstairs. Exactly what Arias was doing all night. All night. I mean, if the guy's going to stand straight up in front of you, why not? Why not? Accommodate him. Hit him on the freaking chin with a looping right hand. And he's standing there. But boom, 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 downstairs, bop. Upstairs. <coughs> all night long. Reminded me of Rocky Lockridge. That was his signature punch. He knocked a lot of guys out with that. He knocked out um He knocked out Mayweather, Roger Mayweather with that. And just another thing i have to say when will boxing catch up a tiny bit with the other sports and use instant replay when it's available i mean that that hundred percent that purported knockdown that we saw wasn't a knockdown when it was rainy and he slipped Uh, late in the fight that could have changed the whole fight it didn't it didn't but it could have why not go to instant replay boxing why don't it's uh, an easy uh, fix yeah, it's so easy. And why the, the commissions, these separate commissions that are out there, you know, we know we don't have a national czar, we don't have a national headquarters, a national commission, but these commissions, you're getting paid money. Uh, you can't think of that? I mean, I'll think of it for you. Do it, please. I mean, that, again, that could have impacted the fight, but it was. It was terrific. Would somebody teach herd both of them, but would someone teach herd some defense, please? No, no. I was just
0: going to ask you a serious question. Arias kept landing that overhand wild right and Heard kept his left hand down and his shoulder up like trying to shoulder roll and it kept hitting him every single round. At one point at what point was he just gonna keep his hand up instead See, of doing So you could his do his shoulder the shoulder
1: thing? roll very good point. The shoulder roll like Floyd used to do and he did a little bit of but the shoulder roll that Floyd did you do with a straight right hand and you make it disappear. Boom boom you make it do boom and and it disappears over your shoulder and you come back with a counter right. But a looping right hand is coming over top. Hold the ball game whole different ball game you know i mean you know i mean if the if the rain is coming sideways that's one thing but when the rain's coming away it normally comes straight down on top of your head you need an umbrella you know you need something to stop the rain so you got to get your head out of the way you got to get your head out of that middle out of that middle and uh nobody has taught him how nobody has taught him how to do that uh, both of them know how to behave like fighters and act like fighters and fight like fighters, but you would wish that some defense was taught to them, especially as we just said, to the herd. Uh, just, that, was one, that was the difference in a fight, I believe, that Arias was a little more dimensional. He was he was a little bit more versatile. He had options. He could move a little bit. Obviously, foot on the inside. He could pop you a little bit on the outside. Uh, a little more dimension to him. That hurt was just a one dimension, just tough and coming forward and hoping to break you down. Uh, I just it was it was it was good to see a real fight. Um, it it really was. I, I hope Arias, I'm happy for him. I hope, obviously, they parlay this into something uh, big for him. He deserves it. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about her the punishment that he takes every fight, no matter who he fights. The punishment. You know, I still want to try to understand the commentators and the people involved with him when they were saying, yeah, our plan originally was to box. What, what do you mean? it was? So, and I'm not trying to be a wise guy now, but how do you think that has any what you do and did and you do all the time has any semblance to boxing i mean i would like to learn i would i'd like to understand <laughs> have a little conversation with them and say wait a minute you came in here to box at what point did you show me that <laughs> i mean because i never saw any evidence of the ability to box uh that that they're talking about I, I I don't know and the commentators keep saying it well he was gonna box uh, uh, where when I mean in what county in what state in what time zone I mean in 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 what world not in this world I I, I never saw any ability to box so or he hasn't shown that he's shown ability to be a tough son of a gun but um I I can't help it when I saw the size of him, I, I started thinking, and please, we say well, we say what we have to say here and believe to say and that other people won't say. And I think that's hopefully part of the reason why we have such a big audience that keeps growing. And thank you for that, uh, really, all of you. But we, we, we say questions sometimes. I'll say, what would the public be asking if they were watching this that I need to answer or at least touch on? And I can't help it. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to point any kind of, uh, I'm not in any way point any blame towards him or, or accuse him of anything. I'm, I'm not. There's no evidence of that. But when you see guys that big, you want to just say that you wish the sport had across-the-board testing. For Peds, Uh, and again, please. There's no way for me to say it in a way where someone's not going to say, "Oh, gee, I'm not accusing him." No, no, because that's not going to give you the bravery he had in the chin that he had, or any of that. But and you still need to learn the basics to to you know to be able to to be beat top guys. You still need to know how to fight and what those. Technical basics of how to fight are oh, besides just being strong, and willing, and that's that's been proven a lot of times. Uh, what was it, Fernando Vargas? Many many years ago, back in the 90s, when he fought De La Hoya, you know, he he wound up being found dirty. Uh, people forget about that. He was a big strong guy. They said, oh, he's going to be able to manhandle De La Hoya, who's a wiry guy. No, De La Hoya stopped him. It's it's so it's not about that, but. It can make you strong. It can give you certain physical, obviously, advantages. Uh, it's it's not allowed for a reason. And and as other sports seem to be on top of it a hell of a lot better than my sport. Yeah, you know. And again, I'm I'm not. Again, it's hard to say. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm bringing it up because that's what we do. Because I would think that a fan watching it would look and say, that guy looks awful big. I mean. You know, maybe he's just on a hell of a weight program. And maybe he is. But, you know, we know that it's prevalent in the sport. Uh, we do. We know that. So I, I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see testing on a regular basis for that. I guess I'm not going to because you don't have anyone in charge saying this is what it's going to be across the board. You don't have a national commission that's going to implement such a thing and demand such a thing. I don't know. But having said that another thing i want to make a point that it just led me right into uh the old time trainers they used to thought it was bad it was it was just taboo to be those kind of muscles ken the old timers that i was brought up with uh oh my goodness they they thought that after carson uh, but They thought, when I went to Gleason and started training fighters after I left cousin, you had Freddie Brown down there, you know, and I I was fortunate enough to be able to meet Ray Arcel and you know, all these these great old trainers uh, around doing such a golden era of boxing, but they were all against weights, uh, especially a lot of weights, where they thought that it would make the muscles too bulky or where they they weren't sinewy, They, they weren't they wanted like you didn't have a fluidity. Uh, they they felt that it stiffened you and it took away certain mobilities of you. Uh, if if I could say it that way, uh, they they felt that it was no good to be big and bulky. The old time trainers, when you looked and it heard, it it, it kind of makes a case for what the old time trainers were against the the heavyweight lifting, you know? It kind of made a case a little bit that you looked at Arias who wasn't near that kind of muscular build and he's able to win the fight and maybe have more fluidity to him, which I think he did. It, it kind of spoke a little bit, it reminded me of the old timers who were against guys who were you know, with all those muscles. Uh, again, they thought it would make them stiffen and be a disadvantage uh, and it would be more of an advantage to have muscles like a Floyd Mayweather, uh, if you will. But those are all the things that I just wanted to make sure that I touched on everything that I remember seeing. Uh, I'd like to see a fight with Herd because of his style, because of his toughness. I would love to see a fight with Jamie Munguia. Oh, that's a cool one. The, I would love... To see that fight, I mean, they'd probably have to take a year off afterwards because <laughs> you know the amount of punches they might get impacted by. But Jamie Munguia, the junior middleweight uh, champion, undefeated. I, I, it would be an inter- it would be a hell of a fight to watch, and it would be an interesting fight for me, uh, also to watch. Uh, that's that's it for me. You could take me where you want. But uh, I just, those are the points I, I felt about that Hurt Arias fight. As you said,
0: Ken, it was, it was uh, they gave you a fight. They gave you a real fight on the card. Two things I wanna just mention about the uh, about, about PEDs in general is number one, more muscles require more oxygen. So when you're in an endurance sport, unless it's pure power power lifting, you need the right balance of muscles and leanness because the more bulk you're carrying, the more oxygen that those muscles require. So that's why you'll see, for instance, like Tour of France riders are skinny so that their arms look like uh, pipe cleaners. That's number one. Number two, until they have uh, biological passports and 365 testing, meaning round year-round testing, you're never going to catch them. I mean, these are intelligence tests more than performance-enhancing tests. And that leads us into the next fight, which was Badu Jack, supposed to be against John Pascal. But John Pascal, I mean, again... To get back to the PDs, this is an intelligence test. To get caught for all the substances he was using, and by no means am I a performance enhancing expert, but I can tell you that the things he was using, it doesn't make sense to me. Why? He's like training like, a, like he's an offensive lineman or something. Because and the guys using
1: up. them, giving them to him, they obviously are not experts on it.
0: Exactly. Whoever's advising this guy should be like arrested. Because that was horrible advice. You shouldn't... You know you're getting tested. Like, they're... The, oh, I could go on forever about this. Nevertheless, Speaking they find of intelligence,
1: last... I'm sorry. Uh, really, please pardon me for being, you know, for being a little... Uh... A little rude, I don't know. But if you're going to talk about intelligence and maybe lacking of it and getting caught, you gotta—I mean, you gotta throw the poster child baby in there, baby Miller.
0: I mean, you gotta same thing, same thing. It's—it's it's like these guys don't believe they're going to get t- that the tests are real. You're getting tested. Why are you still taking that? How, how much money
1: did he blow, and how many times did he get found?
0: To, I mean, every, every, every time. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. It seems like every time it's like, dude, you know, there's a test coming. Why? if, If you are taking drugs, why? Like, why would you do it knowing there's a test? It's like they don't believe that the test is real or they have someone so stupid telling them what to do. Then shame on them for listening to these people. Nevertheless, Badu Jack gets in there with a last minute replacement. Dervin Kalina, and it literally looked like they found poor Kalina in the crowd. He just got battered, held on for dear life until he finally got stopped. But, my God, it was, what a one-sided fight. It was far from entertaining. Hard to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had the good one. But it's like, we give you one good one, we got to take it back on the next one. <laughs> you can't you can't get two good ones. And
0: I feel bad for Badu Jack because he... It, Baru Jack just did what he had to do, so it's not a knock on him. No, uh, no, Pascal, no, he, but that, but the Pascal fight to me was the highlight of the whole card, and obviously we didn't get that. So Baru Jack, congratulations, did what he had to do. Let's talk about the main event. Well, Floyd let me Mayweather. just say
1: some about Kalina and Jack. Oh, sure, sure, real quick. I mean, the first thing is, uh, well,
0: I want
1: to, I want to finish with Arias and and heard by saying. It was so brutal, that fight, that at the end of it, it made me think about the end of the first Rocky movie when Creed said to Balboa, he says, ain't gonna be a rematch. Don't want one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that fit in there. That, that line in, in the movie there, that fit to real truth. You know, sometimes movie does kind of uh, showcase real life. And that line fit right there. At the end of that fight, the two of them, uh, you know, ain't going to be a rematch. Don't want one. I mean, the punishment that they both put on each other. Again, I just want to finish by saying they're two warriors, those guys. Now, as far as Jack and Kalina, the first thing I want to say is it reminds you why... I always say we always talk about it. Doesn't matter what your record is; it matters who you fought, who you built that, who you got that record with. That's what matters. It Doesn't matter you could be 122 and 0. What matters is who did you become 122 and 0 with? Boy, I I, I wouldn't want to see the guys that he <coughs> that that he, he wound up beating, uh to become 15 and 0 or whatever he was, 16 and 0, whatever it was. But I. That's the first thing. The second thing is with that, that's why the UFC, where the opposite of that is always in play, where you see guys with multiple losses, and that don't matter either. See, that's the thing. People in boxing think, oh, it matters if you're undefeated because they don't. No, because you might have fought a bunch of, you know. Uh, whatever guys that obviously were put there for one reason you know maybe you shouldn't walk past the cemetery that week because you might fall into the hole that one of them came out of i i i mean i don't know but that's what the old timers used to say you know don't walk near the cemetery this week because uh, you know some of those guys are going to be on the card uh (laughs) you know you might you might sprain an ankle so what i'm saying is The same opposite thing has to be respected and in play in the UFC. The record don't matter. And it does matter. What it don't matter is it don't matter that they got multiple losses. What does matter is that they fought guys that they learned from, that they got forged with, that they became fighters that can now beat top fighters and undefeated fighters. So, I want to say that the only thing I'll finish on the analysis, I try to do that on all the fights, even if it was a, wasn't was a great fight, is that the body language of Kalina early on kind of suggested what was going to happen later, that he didn't want to be there. Really. Early on, the way he reacted to a low blow and whatever. I forget what else it was. But I just got the feeling really early and if I was doing a commentary, I would have said it that I just the body language was suggestive of a guy who uh, might look like he might look for a parachute, uh, you know, uh, later on if things got a little rough. And Jack gave him good reason to kind of look to
0: parachute out of there. You know, he, he he did what he needed to do. Yep. Well, let's talk about the main event. What do you think? How would you think Floyd looked? I was actually kind of surprised that um, Logan Paul was able to kind of take some of the punches that Floyd hit him with. Now, granted, they were using 12-ounce gloves and Floyd's getting older, but he hit him with some pretty good shots and some definitely hit him with some good body yeah, shots.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Mayweather's not a huge puncher, but uh, Mayweather didn't normally, unless he caught your perfect coming in or something, a uh, perfect kind of shot... Uh, like he did the Englishman years Ricky ago, Hunt. yeah, you know, caught him coming in. Uh, but other than that, Floyd hit you two or three. He never really put two or three together. And I think part of the reason is he is forty-four. Uh, he is hasn't fought in four years, uh, and he he was cautious. He was always cautious, Floyd. That's his temperament. That's part of it. That's part of what makes him Floyd. But I got the feeling by watching that he's even more cautious now as he's older because he 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 understood that there was still a risk with a big guy like this. And so he didn't kind of, he didn't push the envelope uh, in that area because I don't think he trusted his reflexes and everything that's normally there for Floyd Money May, Mayweather. I don't think that he felt that Nobody knew it better than him, and I think that he knew that he couldn't trust himself to open up, if you will, when there would look like there were moments to open up and maybe get the guy out or or push him down the cliff. You know, he, he's going down a little bit the cliff. Give him a push. Uh, and to do that, you have to be able to get into a certain rhythm, a certain offensive rhythm. Uh, that means reflexes. That means all eight cylinders are 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 striking. At the same time, you're hitting on all cylinders like a well, you know, a well-made engine in a car. And I, don't, I think that the driver of that car knew exactly what the engine could deal with and what the engine could be asked to deal with and asked to be pushed to. And he didn't push it to that uh, because he was cautious because he was concerned. Uh, you're supposed to be concerned if you're smart. And I think he was concerned at this point that to do the things that he would have done five years ago, six years ago, uh, would have taken something that's not there anymore. Uh, and Floyd doesn't take uncalculated risks. He doesn't. He, 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 he doesn't. And that, that's what makes Floyd Floyd. You know, uh, he, he's a pitcher in, in a baseball game. He's never going to give you that pitch over the plate. He's just not going to give it to you. He'll walk you. He'll walk you if he has to, but he ain't giving you that freaking pitch over the plate uh, to b- blow you away because that's not his game. He's going to hit the corners. He's going to change the speed. You know, He's going to, he's going to disarm you. He's going to remove the bat from you. And this was very similar. Listen, we take our medicine very well when we're wrong and we're, we're right we don't overdo it a little bit i mean a, a little bit this might be
0: well i was gonna say you, it. <laughs> <laughs> it it you might you be overdoing the, it a little bit you hit the nail right on the head you described perfectly what would happen and then floyd actually told us what he was gonna do too rob us 50 bucks yeah. at a time and <laughs> legalize bank no he was robbing. very
1: honest he was very honest about it and we were on a button because... I remember there was like three points I made. One, the obvious, 44 years old, hasn't fought for you. Please remember that. The other was, this isn't Floyd Mayweather anymore. It's not. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, how much of him is left. But it's not Floyd Mayweather anymore. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's just, you know, part of the physics of of growing old and, and not being active. Uh, the reality, it's just the reality... But people don't care about reality when they want to be entertained. I get that. And the other thing that I think was the point that nobody else made, Ken, I think that's what put our prediction really on the button, on the button, where I said, look, even in an event, a carnival, whatever you want to call it, a sideshow, whatever you want to call it, even in this, styles matter. Styles make fights. Styles matter. And I reminded people, Floyd Mayweather is, was, and always will be until he's 100 years old. God bless him. Let him live to 100. <laughs> he will always be a counterpuncher, a careful guy, a thoughtful guy, a cautious guy, not a seek and destroy guy. He will always be that. So you're going to get rounds. You're going to get rounds. And the guy's going to have a chance. And I said that. He oh, oh, my God. Their heads are exploding everywhere. Oh, my God. Are you saying he's got a chance to find me? He's a YouTuber. Yeah, I, I said that. Because of those reasons that I understand. And in the end, there's no decision. But Floyd knew what he had to do to... Avoid the prospect that people would say he definitely lost by the guy staying on the outside, being left alone. So after a couple rounds, he did the same thing that he did in a McGregor fight. Same thing. And I said that, that that he would wind up doing that. He did the same thing he did in a McGregor fight. McGregor fight after four rounds. I was there. He was actually behind. He was losing. Then he said, oh, shoot. I can't be Floyd. I can't be the counter puncher. I got to tuck up, cover up put the earmuffs on, you know, get into the peek a tighten up, and I got to walk this guy down and break him down and take him into my world, the world of boxing, the the cauldron, the furnace of, of feeling pressure and what it can do to people. It breaks pipes, it can break people. I got to go and do that. And it's not my style, but I have to do it now. And he did it with McGregor and he got to him. You know, it was a longer fight, um, but he got to him. And... That's exactly what he did this time. Instead of waiting four rounds, he did it after a few couple of rounds. He saw the same thing, he saw the same thing, and he said, Oh, shoot. All right, this is what I got to do. And he did. He started walking him down and, and breaking him down a little bit. And there were opportunities when he was doing that. Instead of hitting him with one, to hit him with two, three. And I think he would have got him out maybe. We would have seen really the behavior of Paul. Hey, listen, I give Paul credit. He behaved okay. But we really would have seen it tested to the utmost, to a higher level, if he started really, if Floyd started saying, okay, I'm going to hit him with three, four not not just one and i'm not gonna let him tie me up i'm gonna take a step back and keep the rhythm of the offense going but that takes risks that takes reflexes that takes the old floyd that takes the old floyd so he wasn't able to do that um I give, again, I want to make it very clear. I give Paul credit for training, uh, getting in shape, uh, learning the basics. I give him credit for taking advantage, uh, building up a 20 million views or whatever the heck that stuff is called, uh, followers, and and then capitalizing on it. It's the American way. He was smart. Uh, He was able to capitalize. He found a way to do it uh, without without hurting anybody. It's your choice to give the money. Uh, So I give him credit. Uh, for being smart that way. I give credit to Floyd, and, and I give, Floyd don't need me to give him anything, but for my position in this sport, I just give him the right to always grab as much money as he can for all fighters, and himself, or any fighter. Why? Because he spent over 20 years in an at-risk business. An uh, at-risk business where, like I said on ESPN all the time, you go in the ring, you come out of it with less. There's always, a, it's just a matter of how much less. But you always can come out of that ring with less of yourself. So he's been in that business his, most of his life. He has earned the right to go and capitalize on this stuff. This, this, whatever you want to call it, the sideshow, this Jerry Springer factor, wh- whatever you want to call it, he, he's earned the right to make as much as he can freaking make if the people, if the market's out there to support it, and obviously it is. I don't know if it'll continue to be. I don't know. You know, there might be some people that say, you know what, I didn't really, I heard some boos. You heard some boos. So there might be some people that say that. Uh, uh, one and done they might say one and done and hopefully you know Floyd don't need to do it anymore but uh, and I don't know that you could connect doing it with that he's gone through money that he needs I don't think you could connect that I think it's just like Floyd said he's very honest about it he said hey if someone's gonna give me 50 100 million whatever the hell he wound up getting uh, and, and they tell me that I, I can't go to jail for it and I don't have to use a gun I'm gonna go get that money uh, I'm going to go get it. And he did. He went and got it. Uh, so I, I'm i looking at all my points here. I want to make sure I touch them all. He uh, Paul wins, too, because he gets paid uh, whatever, 10 million, 20 million, whatever the hell the numbers are. I guess the numbers will come out. Um, I don't know how the pay per view of Rob got the pay per view numbers yet. Uh, what it did, but I'm, I'm sure. It
0: well, seems I have like a feeling it, you're not going to see honest pay per view numbers ever. I did,
1: yeah, well, maybe not. But I think it did good numbers. I mean, even by when I was tweeting doing it, the reaction to the early fights, the the undercard uh, that Rob was telling me told me there's a lot of people who were buying this thing. But you figured it would be that. Uh, i'm sure
0: it was big but i have a hard time believing any of the numbers that come out if they did a million they'll tell you they did five million that's my well, thoughts paul, on that but.
1: but but i'll tell you one thing paul wins not only because he gets paid but he can claim some kind he can claim some kind of legitimacy in his world and you know in that world of you know virtual reality he, he, he's a hero now and his people because he went the rounds and he didn't embarrass himself you know they they will embrace that so it's a win for him uh i i was thinking this you know i was thinking to you, you know that comedian he's really good i i got to have a private show with him and my daughter and when Joe Rogan was, i was, no i was Joe Rogan's great but i was <laughs> speaking uh to a bunch of businessmen years ago and they had this new young comedian and after we spoke, all the people that were there got to have a private show with him and now he's huge. His name is Sebastian Maniscalco, Manis- right? And um, He's the best. Oh, uh, He's really good. And, you know, I was just thinking and I had to say this, uh, that if he was watching it at some point, maybe, it wasn't bad, but, you know, at some point <laughs> he, he might have just stopped and said, Aren't you embarrassed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I was just, but, but Floyd to his right, and and he'd be right. Floyd would would turn right back to him and say, "No, embarrassed with what? Making fifty million, a hundred million, whatever the hell the numbers. Uh, embarrassed to make money? Embarrassed to take money that's being put out there? No, I'm not. But I had to say that. The one last thing I said." I made a note here. I said, as I said one day, if Floyd ke- keeps getting in the ring and keeps playing this game, there's going to come a day he's just completely not Floyd. You know, I mean, if, you know, but he's very smart who he picks. Very, very. I mean, he is. He's a genius. He's a genius, the guy. A business genius and a promotional genius. And he's basically, I just made a note to myself that. Even now, he's basically half Floyd. He's halfway there to not being Floyd, and you know, if he if he goes too long and makes a mistake, it might get to a to a time where instead of Mayweather, the name would be May Weather, whether or not, <laughs> whether or not, W
0: H E T E R.
1: Um, yeah, it's it'll be your guess whether or not, but um. I'm more interested right now. I wish we had a call-in. I really wish we had that component where I could hear the people talk to me and you right now and just tell me, you know, were they embarrassed that they bought it?
0: I, I I I can speak for all of them. Yes, I was. I was pissed. I didn't like it. I was like, man, this is like, come on. Get him, Floyd. Or don't get him. Ugh. I, I, I was embarrassed. I didn't like it. I I I'm I'm bummed out that I paid for it, but you know, congratulations to Floyd and uh Paul. They made a lot of money, but I didn't find it to be overly entertaining. I found it to be frustrating. I mean, with the exception of the um of the herd fight, the other fight was a one sided beat down with one guy holding off a dear life, shouldn't have been in the ring with Badu Jack. And then Floyd and Paul, I, I <laughs> Anyways, no, no, of Sebastian. no, no. You
1: rep, you represent the fans, Ken. I want to ask you another follow-up for you. Yes, this is important. Um, does it hurt the future of this sideshow business, whatever we want to call it? The, the his brother, his brother's going to be fighting another UFC former fighter. Oh, he's still a fighter, but he's you know he's a he was great the fighter uh, that he's going to fight. Uh, tremendous but but he's passed way past his 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 peak Tyron Woodley yeah Woodley and and the the other Paul's gonna fight him and will people be more hesitant now about buying that or any of these uh, future
0: events I don't think so. I think that each one has like a unique component. I thought the Ben Askren one was unique because I couldn't imagine that happening to Ben Askren, but it did. And I feel like the same curiosity with um, with Tyron Woodley. I mean, even when Floyd was at his peak, there were times where I bought the pay-per-view and I was like, man, this, come on. This is the most frustrating, defensive, counter-punching fight. There, was, there were many Floyd Mayweather fights that I felt like. That was, I didn't, it wasn't that much fun. I mean, I get it. He's highly skilled. He's a counter puncher. He's a defensive wizard. He's the best. But that style, I, I'd rather watch Jared Hurd and Arias fight 20 times than watch this, like, that kind of defensive counter punching style. Um, so I think that those fights still have an, there's still an audience for those sideshow type fights. I just didn't like this one.
1: And you don't think that this hurt that audience or that future you know prospects of of that growing the way it's grown
0: maybe with a handful of like hardcore boxing fans but i think the majority of people tuning into this were like i mean you got all the boxing fans but i think that they get a huge audience from their like reality youtube crowd that are tuning in out of curiosity that aren't necessarily buying regular pay-per-view boxing matches all
1: right that's good that's that i just needed to ask you That's my thought.
0: But I'm going to see, uh, speaking of Sebastian Maniscalco, I'm going to see him Saturday night in Nashville. I want to tell him that you said hello.
1: Yeah, please. Yeah, he, (laughs) I remember, like I said, we saw him at the very infancy of his career when he was just starting. And now he's just, well, you said it, he's tremendous
0: and he's just a monster. He's so big. Um, Chicago guy. He's got that heavy, like Chicago Italian accent. He's funny. He's no, a he really is. funny guy. I lo- I love the physical motions when he kicks his foot up. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and
1: he. But the you know, and he just yeah. when he looks at you and he goes, "Aren't you embarrassed?"
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about. Um, after the, after the pay-per-view, I was up super late because I taped the uh, Four Kings documentary on Showtime, which was unbelievably good. You stole the show in that one. I loved every minute of it, reliving the um, um, time with... Um, Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Hagler, and um, Roberto Duran. Wow, what an awesome program! They like really captured the, the 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 time and the 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 atmosphere of the time. What an awesome awesome production! And uh, your narration was great. How'd you like it? I thought it
1: was really good. I thought it was really really well done, and I thought that there was some irony there, some real like ironic things going on Uh, that was very interesting if you think about it in a way that it was on every everybody is talking about what's wrong with boxing now and you know and why these sideshows are popped up and entertained why people feel a need to see them and everything else and the same night comes his four kings and it kind of gave you the answer. It it, it kind of, re- first of all, it reminded you when boxing last was great. Back in the 80s, and why? Well, you had the great fighters, great talent. We have some real talented fighters today, obviously, but these were great fighters, and they were all fighting each other, and it was on network TV where everybody could see it. It wasn't pay-per-view. And so you had all of those stars line up to make it, you know, so great and it kind of it kind of reminded you and told you what's wrong with boxing today that you don't have the best fighting each other that you have these promoters that won't allow it we've talked about this you know to to nausea right so I, i won't go into it too much but i mean you got these you know these power brokers three or four or five of them that control their little realm and they they get paid by the network, so that's what makes them healthy, that's what makes them, you know, powerful. And they just protect their stable fighters on that in that network. Every once in a while they sub out and they go and cross the street and they fight so because they have to. They they're mandated to. They don't have enough guys to continue to fill the cards on their network. So they have to do that. But for the big, big fights you know just one the poster child right now would be spence and crawford it's it's not getting made and world to waste. and it's it's not getting made uh because of what i'm talking about because different promoters own the different control the different fighters and they're not going to allow them to fight each other if they don't have control unless it becomes so the magnitude of it becomes so enormous, like it did with Pacquiao and Mayweather, that you have no choice. So, so you're never gonna have what you had in the 80s. So again, it reminded you of when boxing was at its best and why people loved it. How great it was, how great, oh my God, how special it was. And it, it just kind of poked you in the ribs a little bit to say, hey, this is the blueprint to fix it today. This is what's wrong with today. This is why you have these sideshow. And almost the point, and I'm not going to put all of it on this, Ken, but I'm going to say a little bit, and I want your reaction, really, as a fan, how, how you react to what I'm about to say. It almost also gave a reason, a, a, a little bit of a reason to why maybe, not completely. I know a lot of it's because of the direction the world has gone and social media and what's available and the options that are out there. I know that's part. That's a big part of it. That's most of it. But how much it, it could be laid to blame on that the promoters will not give the fans what they want that they're thirsting and hungry and starving and looking for something, and they're not getting it the way they got it in the 80s. They're not getting it from the promoters. They're not going to get the fights they want. They're not going to get Crawford and Spence. They're not going to get all the other ones that would have been... Similar to the Leonard Durant's, Hearns, Hagler, you know, matchups. You're not going to get that with the best fight in the fest. So, <coughs> part of it, it was almost like Exhibit A in a court of law watching this Four Kings. Like, say, there, there's the culprit. There, Here's the reason why boxing is in a less of a state than it should be. Why the UFC is surpassing it with numbers when it comes to regular shows. I'm not talking about if you put Canelo with a great fight or if you put Fury with, with you know, with um, with um, Joshua. I'm not talking about that. That's a different universe. But on the fights, week to week, regular fights, UFC is starting to blow boxing out of the water with the numbers and the growth that it's showing. And again, why? Because you're not... You're not doing what they did in the 80s. You're not doing that. And again, I'm going to point to where I'm asking a question to you, representing the fans out there. Is it fair to blame some of the growth of these, what they call carnivals, whatever you want to call it, sideshows, to lay some of the blame at boxing, at these promoters, because they're not giving the fans the fights that they crave so they have to find their fix somewhere else
0: that's what hit me what do you think of that Ken tell me no I think I think that that's a huge part of it I think also the times change you know that UFC has put on such an awesome product and look we've talked about it a million times Dana has a huge unfair advantage so I don't want to like well he controls everything he's a dictator when you control it right but the end of the day Boxing has to adjust to that and say, hey, this guy's doing it. If we got to put guys at risk earlier and let them get the development they need, like we should get next fight, Devin Haney and uh, Teofimo Lopez. Let's go. There's no how much more development do they need? They're both at the top of their game. Give us that fight right now. Spence Crawford, I'm like done even asking for like that's it's so frustrating that they're not fighting each other. I mean.
1: I'd love to see the fights you just touched on, the lightweights, and the lightweights, uh, Davis, uh, Davis, Haney, whatever, uh, whoever, uh, Lopez and one of those guys, Lopez and Davis, Lopez and... Uh, I- I'd love to see those fights. Um, I'd love to see uh, him
0: rematch Lomachenko. I-, I think that Loma picked it up so much in the second half, I thought he could have, if, if, he-, if he had been aggressive from the beginning... And I digress. They're going to like come after me for hating on uh, Lopez, who I, I like. But I, I feel like there's a million fights to make there, but we're not going to get them. We're just going to keep getting opponents and development fights. And, uh, you know, Devin Haney had a, a tough fight against Jorge Linares. We'll get into it in a minute. So I, I, I do believe there's a part of him that wants to get the fights. I think some of these fighters do want to have the fights, and the promoters are just – no one wants to take the risk.
1: Again, I think to your point, yes – but I think that the four kings or the kings, whatever they call it, I call it the four kings. Sometimes they call it the kings. But it's a four-part series, so every Sunday it's going to be on, I believe, 8 o'clock consistently on Showtime, one hour. So you're going to see four parts. And I would recommend you see it, as as you just did. And, again, I, I, I couldn't help but the timing of it. It was, it was something weird, like, like wow, um, it, it, it it's It really was reminding you of what the freak... It's almost like they were putting a blueprint out there and say, hey, listen, you guys screwed up boxing. You screwed it up. And and here's the way to fix it. Here's the blueprint. There, it's right here. Go back and look at this. All right? So I tell you, the other thing that I got to say, uh, again, I, we always try to cover the thing, every part of it. And the other thing that struck me was how much better... It was the Tyson documentary, and listen for those out there going to say it's sour grapes. No, I was in the Tyson documentary. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do sour grapes. I mean, you know, I, I, I I do, my I buy my grandson these gummy bears, and he loves them. He loves them, and I did one time buy the Sour Patch. I did, I did. So I shouldn't say I don't do sour, and he didn't like them. He didn't like. It. He said, "Papa, I don't, I don't like the sour." So I don't get him no more. So I don't do really sour <laughs> anymore. I, I've done a little bit of it in my history, but not to. I try not to. I really try not to do sour because my grandson doesn't do sour, and I, I think it's better not to do sour. And I, I think I can be trusted uh, with my body of work in this business. Uh, that I really do say what I believe without it being attached to an agenda or or sourness, if you will. Uh, So I just didn't, I, I thought that The Four Kings kind of showed, as well as it shined a light on what's wrong with boxing, it also kind of just blew away the Tyson documentary where the producers of it, they did their due diligence. They did a freaking good job, Ken, of getting the right people to talk. That were there. That were legitimate people that have no agendas, no freaking horse in a race. And and they did a. They got the right. That's part of the job of the producers. I didn't think they did a good job, the producers or whoever they are for Tyson. Uh, I thought they they there was too much revisionist history <laughs> that I saw. I couldn't watch it. I watched a little bit. To be, it was two parts. Uh, you know, again, always, you know, full, full transparency here. I, I watched a little bit and I shut it off, and and I got people that did watch it and they call me and stuff, and um, but I just could not, because when I saw some of these revisionists uh, changing history, I was like, I, I can't watch this, and and I blame it not on the people because they got a chance to have their to have Five minutes of fame. All right. But what I blame it on uh, is the producers who went and got those people. They didn't do their due diligence. They didn't make sure they were getting somebody who's going to be accurate, who's going to be legitimate, who was there. Uh, or not only there, but there without an agenda. And, and they did a poor job with that. They really did. And I'm sorry. If you did a great job, I think my reputation could be trusted enough that I would have said, you know what? You did a great job. But Uh, I didn't think they did Uh, they reminded me that there's a possibility that there is such a thing as reincarnation possibly I never really thought too much about the phenomena uh, of reincarnation but they kind of touched on that a little bit because the little bit I did watch there was a guy and I'm not going to embarrass him by saying his name because he, embarrass- he he can handle embarrassment himself you know what I mean he can do that himself I, I, I'm not going to do that I mean and say all I'm going to but what I am going to do is say that wow he did make a statement or an argument for reincarnation because when he spoke about being there the first time that Tyson walked into a gym, which of course I was there with Custom Auto and Bobby Stewart, the man who brought him down, the God that brought him down, uh, and there was some, you know, someone else there. But this guy that talked so passionately about it, unless his reincarnation, he came back as somebody else, he wasn't there. <laughs> uh so no so, shame uh, so i'm just saying so the producers guess what you screwed up a little bit you, you screwed up a little bit a little bit a little bit like De Niro said in that movie goodfellas he insulted him a little bit he insulted them a little bit there it was just uh, that was it that was enough for me that was enough so I, you know like i'm out yeah <laughs> that, I, 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 that i'm out so um but the four kings it was it was great and and you know what boy they did a good job of cutting it and all the cinematics to it and oh my god the footage is there you know i mean they got the footage you talk about having a treasure trove wow they have a treasure trove but they're using it the right way and they're using the right people to to lead you and to take you down that trail that journey oh it was magnificent and and the The way they cut it uh, to lead to the next segment, they cut it with Duran beating Leonard, and then so dramatic and so to the point, leading to wanting you to see what's going to happen next. Like, you know, that as great as it was at that moment, as top of the world as this poor kid from Panama was, he owned the world. The world was his oyster that he had no idea the storm clouds, the disastrous storm clouds, that were about to come, as he was getting ready for the rematch, yeah. and what would and what would take place. And of course, no mas. But they just led to that. Oh, it was like, yeah, I want to see this, you know. <laughs> and uh, man, I, I, I think it's just, uh, it's very well done. And I'll be looking to see the rest of them. And hopefully people will enjoy it and remember that time. Remember that time, the 80s. You know, it was, it was a hell of a time, Ken. It really was. You had, to, you had the best fight and the best. And then even in the light heavyweights that later on that, uh, I don't know if it was the 80s or the 90s, but later on, you had Matthew Saad Muhammad. It's a whole different thing now, but I'm just saying. Oh, you had him fighting Yaki Lopez and Cherry uh, the Bull Martin, and then later Khawai. Uh Oh, he. I mean, he's fighting all these. T- and what a what a action fighter Sadma, tough action fighter Sad Muhammad was. And he's Matthew Sad Muhammad, and he's fighting. Uh, you know, he's fighting all these guys, uh, and oh all these top light heavyweights just in and out on abc on whatever network it was on a regular basis wow it was a it was a hell of a
0: time to be a boxing fan yep Well, we talked about we touched on the lightweight division, and we mentioned uh, Devin Haney um, two weeks ago. We were off last week. We uh, pre-recorded the uh, Mayweather preview, but Devin Haney uh, beat Jorge Linares in a unanimous decision. But Jorge Linares put a scare into him at the end of the tenth round, had him really on Queer Street, like stiff legs wobbling back to his corner. Credit to Devin Haney though; he kept it together. I mean, he hung on and did what he had to do to get through the last two rounds, but thank god that happened in the at the end of the 10th and not in the fifth or sixth because he did not look good the last two rounds hung on for dear life and um you know Jorge Linares far from his prime but I thought it was a good step up fight for Devin Haney uh, the confusion with the WBC I mean WBC they've got uh Teofimo has a belt Devin Haney has a belt it's just uh, what, what's the point uh, you know and and it, it, it just creates confusion. You know, people are claiming Teal's the unified champ, but Devin Haney has the legitimate belt, too. They elevated him when they made Loma the uh, franchise champ or whatever cockamamie name they have for it. But um, anyway, what would you think of that one?
1: Yeah, listen, is 35 years old, um, and Haney, what, 22, 23, ve- uh, very young. 22 years old. 22, wow, 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 wow. Uh, listen... Going into the fight, Linares forty six and five was his record. All five losses he was stopped. Um, I know there were cuts in some of them, but his only loss where he's not stopped uh, is Haney. So it, it speaks a little bit. And this is a Linares who's moved up in weight classes to a naturally bigger Haney. So it does speak that Haney is terrific as he is, with so many in so many areas, uh, boxing skill wise technique uh he's he's not a big banger uh, he's not a big puncher and you know i just haney haney did what he does haney is a sharpshooter he's a he's a skillful boxer controls range goes in and out uh, puts combinations together uh he's you know, he's smart. He's, he, he's responsible defensively for the most part. Uh, he, you know, he's he's really a guy that when you watch him, uh, he's pretty to watch. He, he's, if you said, hey, this is what I want. If you took a young fighter and you said, look, I want you to be a master technician, a master boxer in that ring, you might show him a Haney fight. Uh, but what you wouldn't show him is where during the course of that, and the reason I made the point that, you know, that Lenares had been stopped five times and Haney didn't stop him, is that being that he's not a puncher, all of that boxing, he's got to do it for 12 rounds. He's And that means he's going to give his opponent 12 rounds a chance to catch him. That means you, you better not make too many mistakes. And that was shown, you made the point beautifully, that... Haney, as good as he is and as good as he looks, he makes mistakes. One of them is he drops his hands. So when you do catch him, you catch him clean, and you impact him, you hurt him, you can hurt him. He And the other thing he does wrong, he pulls back from punches. And you can time him if you punch behind him. You know, he'll pull his head back, and he'll get away with it uh, sometimes. And he also... You know, the commentators drive me nuts sometimes because they're saying, oh, he's sitting in a pocket. Bang, 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 he's getting hit. That's not sitting in a pocket. That's sitting in no man's land. You have to understand the difference. I know that becomes a popular term because it becomes a catchphrase. They hear it, so they say it. But do you understand what the freak you're saying? Do you? Maybe not. Because maybe I could explain it to you. Because in a pocket means you're in close enough where you're safe. Where you're getting hit, you're not in a pocket. Where you are is you're in no man's land. That's where you are. You're not in enough, you're not out enough. You're in freaking no man's land. You got to know distance. You got to be all the way out, all the way in. Much like life. Much like life where we say be in or be out. Same freaking thing. And being... In No Man's Land, is not being in the pocket. And sometimes he'll pose and hang out a little bit, a little bit, and forget his range. And he'll be in No Man's Land, and he could get nailed. That's dangerous, obviously. So where a great body of work for the night can go down the tube, can get flushed right down the toilet. So I I want to, he has such a good look to it. You know what I mean, Ken? He does. He's yeah. got that look. It's kind of like seeing that, that, that shiny car that pulls up and it's polished. and It's got a look to it. You, oh, man. I, I don't know if it's the fastest car in the block or the best car in the block, but it's got the look that it is. And that's what Haney has. He's got the look. But we look beyond that. And I'm not knocking him. I think people know that already. Haney would know that. First of all, he's a class act. After the fight, the way he talks, and the way he handles himself, he's a class act. He's a guy you'd be proud to have your son. He, I mean, he's a, he, he's a classy guy. And he's a good, solid boxer. Sharp combos. Defense is good for the most part, as I said. Technically solid. Um, I mean, he he handled a guy for the most part who was slower, who was right in front of him who he was going to be able to show his stuff with. But to the credit of Linares, he made it a good fight because even though he was slower, because Haney has good hand speed, even though he was slower, he used his experience to do the one thing I always talk about, to try to time Haney. See, timing can beat speed. It can negate speed. You can time a guy as he's throwing at the right spot. You don't have to be as fast. You have to be calm and you have to be experienced to do that. And you have to be willing to kind of get in a lion's cage, you know, and, and do that. And Linares, I give him all the credit in the world. He was looking at time him all night. And he caught him a couple of times. He missed him, just missed him a few times. But he was looking to punch at the right time and make up for his lack of speed or the speed disparity that was obviously there. The other thing is he finally caught him in the 10th round I think it was as you said he finally caught him and he caught him again because of a mistake because for as good as Haney is he drops his hands so when you catch him you catch him clean and he does something that I don't know if he realized what he's doing he stops over on the right side you don't stop on the right side because you're still in the path to the right hand that's over here so you don't stop there you go back over here and you stop on the left side if you're an orthodox fighter you stop here where you're outside the right hand he stopped over here on the right side, and that's a, you're in a lane of, you're in a punching lane. It's like stopping your car in the middle of the highway. You don't do that, <laughs> you, you get off the freaking road. And, and so he, that's got to be corrected. But if he had his hand up, he would've, it would have been blocked instead of getting caught the way he did. And he got caught and he got hurt. And, he's, and he's, it's fortunate that it happened at the end of the round. You made that point. It's fortunate that it happened at the end of the round because he was hurt. He was hurt. Bad. He was staggering. He uh, uh, was hurt. But I just look at the top guys. I want to see him fight the top. I don't want to see him fight these. Again, a good fight for Linares, but a guy who's 35, a guy who, you know who's already kind of, uh, if you're going to be honest about it, I mean, he's he's always lost at this level, really, at that next level. I mean, as good as he's been a champion and everything, when he's fought those guys, he's come up. A little short I mean it was terrific with Lomachenko he dropped him but then Lomachenko stopped him but he's come up short Ken uh at that line. I don't want to see Haney I already know that he can outspeed guys and he can outmaneuver guys I don't want to see him with these guys anymore it's kind of like we're talking about the problem with boxing now Ken where where the promoters just keep him with their own guys and they do musical chairs whatever but they don't go outside I I I don't. I want to see Haney with one of the top guys now. Whether it's Lopez, whether it's Tank, Davis, or or whether it's Ryan um, Garcia. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we don't know what's going on. That was that was kind of interesting to see him the other night. And meanwhile, he's canceled fights. We, you know, you heard the the, the, the you heard the that he put out there about mentally, you know, mental stuff going on and um, emotional mental stuff and kind of wanted his privacy pulled out of a fight and it made you wonder is he okay because we were concerned everyone should be concerned is he okay is he mentally okay is he emotionally okay Uh, and, and then you see him there And it was kind of weird because nobody talked about it. Like somebody should... Because it's out there that he pulled out of a fight. Like, is he okay? Is everything all right now? Has he gotten past that? I've seen a tweet
0: recently, though, that he's back in the gym and he's ready to fight again, and he was quick to jump on Haney and criticize his performance after the fight. So he's calling out Haney and... uh, And So I guess he's I guess he's he's back. back. And
1: listen, and and thank God. But... um, So you put Garcia in there, you put... You put Davis in there. Uh, you want to see him with with somebody, Lopez, Davis. Uh, who's
0: the other one? Uh, you got Loma, Tiafimo, yeah, uh, Devin uh, Haney. Uh, what's Shakur Stevens? Since what's his weight? No, he's a little
1: heavy. I think he's one forty. But you again, you want to see him in there. For me, I want to see him in there with one of those guys now. And if he's in there, if he's in there with with a Davis or a Lopez or you know. Um, one of those guys. You gotta. The way that I broke down his fight and watched his fight, it's gonna go. He's gonna have to go 12 rounds because of what we just pointed out that he's not a huge puncher. That's 12 rounds for these guys who are big punches. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Like, Davis is more than just a walking guy. He can counter punch, he knows what the freak he's doing, and Lopez is the same. So, you better know what you're doing if you beat Lomachenko. So, he fights one of those guys, Ken. It's going to be twelve rounds that he can't make a mistake because if he makes a mistake with any of those guys I just mentioned, he's 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 very likely going to pay for it. Uh, pay for it because they're going to nail him and they're going to follow up. And when they nail him, they're going to nail him with a harder shot uh, than Linares did, uh, you know. And Linares caught him good. So I'm. I'm I'd like, I'm would like. i tired of seeing, again, he's got that good look. He's always going to have that polished look. He's always going to say, make you say, hey, this is the way you do it, you know. But I don't want to see him do it with those guys no more. I've seen it. I've been there, done that. I, w- I want to see him with one of these guys that if he makes a mistake, uh, something will happen. I want to see if he can get through. I want to see if, you know, it's kind of like when they give you the uh, – they give you that, that coat. If someone buys you a raincoat. They say it's rainproof. I want to go out in the rain and see if it's really rainproof. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? I, I yeah. want to see if it works. Does this thing work? Does the stuff pelt off? Hey, that's cool. Wow, that's mm-hmm. nice. I, I want to see if it works. I, I want to see now if Haney, if, if that boxing, the stuff he does, that's great. Does it work with these top guys? I know it works with these other guys that are a little bit beneath, but does it work with the top guys? And the final thing I'm going to say about Haney, he's one-dimensional. As good as he is, people are going to probably at first say, oh, uh, really? I didn't think that because he, he boxes and he's so sensational looking. But yeah, he is. Because everything he does is in front of you, back and forth, back and forth. He doesn't really give you angles. My suggestion would be, Every once in a while, give an angle. You know, instead of going back and forth, go to the side. Left side, right side, just to mix it up a little, to make yourself a little less one-dimensional. That's, that's the one thing I noticed uh, with breaking them down that, you know, that you get at. besides keeping your hands up uh, when you move your head. Because when you
0: do get caught, hey, you're going to get caught clean. And he did. And he did. Well, one other, one other fight I wanted to touch on um, we mentioned it earlier, Nonito Denir becomes the oldest bantamweight champion ever by over three years, 38 years old. Stopped uh, Nordin Ubali, uh, undefeated WBC champion. Nonito Donair looked awesome. Uh, I think he's carrying tremendous confidence after giving, uh, in a way, all he could handle, breaking his orbital bone. Love to see Nonito Tenere getting some more fights in at this stage of the game. It's uh, all gravy for him at this point. Um, no one would have faulted him from walking away after the uh, in a way fight, and now he's back, and he's the WBC champion. What would you think?
1: Congratulations. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Really, you know, like George Foreman said, uh, age is just a number. <laughs> George Foreman proved that. You know, uh, wow, experience is so important talent all that yes experience experience soon as soon as i saw it the first thing was i had to see it again we always full full transparency i i had to watch the replay of it and uh you guys got it for me rob got it for me or youtube and uh, the announcer I, I forget his name but the the guy that was doing the commentator i should say uh was doing the commentating i, I think it was a guy flores that he was a ring announcer for us uh, when we were doing Friday night fights years ago and 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 other fights still but he, he was a ring announcer i i don't know that oh i don't know I mean his voice is okay but it was just I, I was i was hearing some punches that were being landed but they were being landed and that i didn't see getting landed and they were being landed by the wrong guy that was being told to me so i'm like wait a minute if you're gonna do this, um, you, you gotta have a little, be a little better than that. Just a little better in, the, in those spots, maybe. Uh, just because you were the guy announcing who's in the blue corner and who's in the red corner, that don't mean that you have the expertise yet. Really. It doesn't mean you have the expertise to be a commentator, a play by play commentator. And if you're gonna do it alone, you take on the dual role of color commentator. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I don't know, I I, I turned the sound off. I, I turned it off. Now, it didn't sound bad, but I was like, I'm getting confused. I could confuse myself, Ken. I don't need <laughs> someone else telling me a left's slander when it's a right. I'm already confused. I'm I'm mixed up already, Ken. So I was just like, here, let me turn it off. Maybe I'll get through this a little better. And so I'm watching it. And it took me about one minute to evaluate what I was seeing. I was seeing an amateur with a pro. I was seeing one guy in Obali who was throwing fast punches, quick punches, but he was running at a almost, not frenzied, but almost frenzied. He was running too fast. He was, moving, he was running too fast, and he was throwing punches from too far away. He was shadow boxing. I'm watching him saying, wait a minute. These punches aren't even landing, and it's not that Donaire has to make a miss. They're just coming short because he's throwing them from the wrong range. He's just throwing. He's just throwing. I had one guy just throwing. I know he's a world champion. I know he was undefeated. I get it. He had his a belt. Okay, his pants won't fall down. All right, he's got a belt. But people are going to say, Daddy, how can you say he had a belt? Yeah, I know. I, I We went over that already. And he's throwing from too far away, and he— and I'm watching this other guy, Donaire. And he's calm in his world. And he's just waiting. He's looking. And he's just looking for spots. Spots that he knows this guy who's throwing from too far away, that's just throwing punches, that's throwing punches maybe he shouldn't throw sometimes, is going to give him a spot. It's going to give him an opportunity. It's going to give him a window. And bang! He's going to he's gonna take it and I saw that immediately I think he finally I think he caught him in the fourth round whatever it was but I'm watching him say wow wow look at this look at the contrast one guy he's the champion supposed to be whatever but he's thrown from too far away he's running on kinetic energy a little bit and the other guy is just waiting for his moment as if he was I could almost read him telepathically I could really, I felt like I know what's in his mind. I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, you're moving too much. You're doing all this. I'm just going to zero in on you, and I'm going to nail you. I ain't worried about all these punches. I ain't worried about the decision. I'm going to nail you, and I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to knock you out. And that's exactly what he did. He only threw when it was time to throw. He only threw when he was in position and balance to throw. And his eyes... His eyes, his vision. We talk about vision. That's vision. Seeing things, seeing what's in front of you. And he saw the openings. He saw that when Ubali would throw, he would pull his hand away a little bit and he would leave a little bit of an opening, a little bit of daylight. And he got in position just to pong, just watching him, just watching him, Ken moving him into position like playing chess just moving him where he wanted to move him just looking for his moment and then he saw boom left hook boom bang heard him he knew he was going to do that i knew he was going to do that <laughs> really i knew he was going to do that it was it was fun and i'm saying wow it's fun to watch a real pro a real pro and he made the other guy an amateur and now guy, I'm not taking nothing away. I'm just saying it the way it is. What was that? Howard Cosell years ago. He was pretty good. I know people hated and loved him. Well, tell it like it is. Howard Cosell. You know, it got on you a little bit. It was a little rough. But I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you what I saw and like it is. And there was only one guy who was going to win that fight. And I, I, you could see it. If you know what you're watching, you could really see it and it was because it was an amateur and a pro and uh... It was, it was well done kudos bravo uh... really really well done and the thing, the little note I added to to myself here Ken was you saw right from the beginning how calm and in control Donnell was and you knew what he was looking for, he was looking for the right spots and throwing at the proper time and he was seeing everything like a Tom Brady sees the entire field in football. That's that's what it was. You know, just experienced and calm and smart. It was so noticeable. You know, it was it was really well done. I appreciated what I was watching. It was tremendous. Congratulations. Um we should start having special. I don't know. Maybe they're going to create another belt for world champions over 37 years old. Maybe it will be a new belt. You know. <laughs> uh, a, a, well, we don't have enough belts, right? We don't. We don't have enough. So maybe we get a new one that uh, we'll call it the uh, not the old timers, but they they're a little bit old timers. We'll call it the remember that. That product that you could buy when you got old of was called Geritol. You remember that product? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the Geritol belt. I, I don't know. I don't know. But 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 he didn't look like he needed Geritol. That's for sure.
0: Donaire, uh, congratulations. Congrats to Donaire. Awesome victory. Uh, let's discuss quickly the uh, UFC 263 this weekend. Um, our man Israel Adesanya getting in there with um, Martin Vittori, the Italian. These guys have some bad blood between them. I, uh, dying to rematch. see they had a really close fight in the past. Split decision. Um, they, Split decision, yep, decision right? Yeah. Yes, and they do not like each other. What are you looking for in this one?
1: Well, first of all, Vittori got, I believe he had four straight wins, so he earned this rematch for the title, number one. I give credit to Adesanya uh, for coming off his first loss and this is who he's going to fight at this kind of risky, tough, uh, dangerous fight. So I give credit to him. But again, it speaks to why the UFC is the UFC and it speaks to Dana White, that he, he can make these kind of fights. Just think about it. Seriously, that... He loses his first fight out of Sanya by going up in weight. He comes down and, welcome back. Welcome back. He's undefeated before that. Welcome back. Looks like he might be a superstar. Welcome back. I'm going to give you this. You know, it, <laughs> you know, only in the UFC where you that's why the brand has grown the way it has. Because again, you have, you have Dana White who's going to say, okay, this is who you're fighting. You know, uh, uh, everyone in the pool. I mean, that's state of White's mentality. Everybody in the pool. Matter of fact, you know what? It's not even a pool. It's like everybody in the freaking Pacific Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And be careful. There, there, There are sharks. There are sharks. No. Try not to get a leg bitten off. You know what I mean? But you, but everyone in the freaking ocean. But, you know, it don't matter what fight you're coming off, what you lost, what you did. What? No, you're right back in the ocean. And that's why the UFC, people watch it um, and they love it. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to put a different... I'm going to bring out a different thought, possibility, perspective, uh, angle on this, Ken. Remember... I hope it's not the case because I really like Adesanya. I think he's special, uh, and I think his trainer is special. So they get it done, but uh, what, uh, to be ready is what I'm saying. But I remember you could make a little bit of a comparison here, where after Roy Jones, the great Roy Jones, was undefeated, he went up in weight to fight John Ruiz at heavyweight. Your boy, your boy from yep. your from your your neck of the woods. Boston gentleman John Ruiz from the Somerville Boxing Club exactly Ken and he he steps up and he beats him he beats uh John Ruiz but he put weight on you know he put muscle he put whatever you but he put weight on to go up and then he's got to come back down and he comes back down and he was never the same he was never the same fighter roy jones you can make all i'm telling you i'm just pointing it out he was never really the same fighter and i think after that he fought antonio tava a lot of people thought he lost that fight you know and then he yep. got the rematch and tava knocked him out and he yep. was never the same and i think it I think it affected him impacted him in a physical way to to take that weight off so i'm just saying that's something of that i'm sure that they're thought for and you got to think about a little bit out of sign you went up to light heavyweight and and now he's come back down right he's come back down to uh to his weight class middleweight yep right and yep so it's something it could be a factor it could be an intangible there it could be something to think about uh and again i don't know hopefully it doesn't affect him but I'm going to give more all the credit, of course, in Dana White's swimming pool, which does not exist. It's the Pacific Ocean. Um, you you don't have too much of a choice. But again, you could always say no, whatever. I'd assign you all the credit in the world uh, that you're, this is what you're taking your first fight back, a rematch with a guy that gave you a tough fight, and all the credit, of course, to Vittori. Uh You earned this. You had four straight wins. Five wins. Five.
0: Five in a row. Five. Last loss was the was wow. against Adesanya.
1: Wow. An Even 18. better. Even better than four straight wins. Five straight wins. You earned it. Um, it should be a terrific night. Uh, you got three really good fights on there i'll let you take us to the rest of them but well,
0: let me ask you this just to put you on the spot i know you like the pressure you've got israel adesanya for the guys at my bookie check them out at mybookie.ag. use the promo code atlas for a 50 percent credit on your first deposit we've got israel adesanya coming in at minus 255 plus 200 on vittori what do you got Oh,
1: is there an under-over? Is there a knockout and all that stuff? The the You know, the, all you, those prop bets? Get, yeah, be...
0: we've got an over-under. Over 4.5 is minus 140. Under 4.5 plus 110.
1: Wow. Um. You hate to lay that kind of wood, um. but uh, I believe in Adesanya. I did point out that one possibility of going up and weight and coming back down. But that aside, if I'm going to think he's going to be the same, uh, I'm, I'm, I believe Adesanya is special. I think his talent is special, his instincts are special. I think the other guy is tremendous too, uh, and special in his own ways. But I think Adesanya is the kind of guy that he could be on a different level. And uh, obviously, the, when he stepped up to light heavyweight. Not only was the guy too big for him, too short, the guy was really good and got the geography he needed, you know, in close, on the mat. Um, He got the geography he needed. He earned it. And he didn't allow Adesanya to be the athlete that he has been in other fights. He used his size smartly uh, to an advantage. But having said all that, I just got the feeling, I want to ask you if you got the same feeling, Ken. I got the feeling watching that fight that Adesanya, taking nothing away from you know his opponent that beat him, but in the way that I just described, and give him all the credit in the world for it. But I just got the feeling that on that night, Adesanya wasn't Adesanya. He wasn't at his best. I, I'm taking yeah. nothing away. But I just, something was... I don't know. There was a spark. There was something that just wasn't there. It wasn't there. Like, it wasn't just... Doing things yeah. instinctively. you just
0: wonder how much of how, how much of that was that he was in there with a big, strong. Oh, I
1: said that. Uh, I agree. Yeah. yeah no, you're I, right. no. 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 I, I. I don't
0: think Izzy put on too much weight, though. I think he just didn't cut weight. Uh, I'm, 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 Rob's gonna check the actual weight when he weighed in against um, Ayan, but I don't think that Izzy put on the weight like John, like Roy Jones when he went up to fight the, the Quiet Man. Johnny Rui is not the gentleman, but I. I don't think that. Um. I don't think Izzy put on a ton of weight he uh he weighed he said he could weigh as little as one uh Arasanya told uh Ariel that he could weigh as little as 193 pounds at the weigh-ins that was not the case but Blah- Blahovich weighed right on 205 limit um and uh, the title fight and he'd weigh about 220 on Saturday night so he was probably had a good you know 25 30 pounds on him no of course no but what did he come in so he weighed he weighed in at 20 and a half pounds for the fight, two two hundred point five pounds, um, yeah. So I think he basically just didn't go through the weight cut. You know what I mean? I think he yeah, walks but, but, around still, at that.
1: but he still, but no maybe. But listen, he still was got in the ring where he normally gets in it. Yeah, you could say all you want. I get what you're saying, but you could say oh well, he normally walks around, but. He don't normally get in a ring at that weight. I don't care what he walks around at. I care what he trains and when he gets himself honed down to be ready to be an MMA champion. And now I'm going to see. We're going to see. I think that's what you have to think about. Does that affect him? Um, I'm going to say that he's going to get back to his form mentally. I think mentally was part of it. He's going to get back to his form mentally and physically and technically, and uh, I I would look for him to win that fight. I I don't don't love laying it, but if you want to take a flyer bet, you could say that maybe somebody, something happens earlier this time. Um, Maybe you could say that, that along the lines of what I just laid out, that maybe, you know, Maybe he's been affected by coming back down or maybe he's uh, he's more prone now because he was more available in that fight with the bigger guy. You know, he uses athleticism as much. And if that's the case and he's going to just stand and strike more, which I don't say it is, maybe something happens earlier. But again, if a gun's put to my head, I'm going to go with the distance and I'm going to say Adesanya's going to win it. Uh, and I'm gonna go with, with some rounds.
0: Yeah, you give up minus one forty on the over four and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean that's not that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And what do you have to lay if you take out a Sanya two two to one or two fifty five, minus two fifty five. That's a lot. bet. yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean I could see people if they wanted to take a flyer on on the side of Vittori because of what I just said. Yeah. I, 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 I can see for that price, for that price. yep. If it's even money, I'm not taking a flyer. If it's yeah. even money or if it's one forty i am not. But at that price, I'm tempted to. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the guy who I think is uh, special. And until he shows me that that quality is non-existent anymore, I'm going to go without Asanya. And I'm going to go with some rounds.
0: Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by our man Bardia Helmy and PremierFightPicks.com. With UFC 263 and Bellator 260 both happening this weekend, this week is a great time to give Bardia a try. You can test his picks out for a weekly subscription of just $49.99, which gets you all his bets for this weekend and gets you his max bet on the recently announced Jake Paul vs. Tyron Woodley fight. This fight's going to be huge, as we saw with the Jake, Paul, with the uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. There was a ton of action on that fight. Bardia's longtime success stems from a rich history in martial arts, with over a decade of training, competing, and coaching experience. And he's been on fire as of late, hitting eight of 12 picks on his on this past week's fight night. He even predicted Santiago Ponzinibbio to defeat Miguel Baeza when not many others had this fight. So be sure to head over to PremierFightPicks.com to subscribe and also follow Bardia on Instagram at PremierFightPicks where he gives out free bets and analysis He'll also be giving away a free one-year subscription worth $999 to a randomly selected follower on June 9th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard. So make sure to jump on Instagram and give his page a follow. Well, Colmain, we have uh, Davidson Figueroa and Brandon Moreno in a, a rematch. Um, this fight the first time around was unbelievable. All action, little guys, they just never stop like the uh, ever-ready uh, Energizer bunny. These guys go. And um, good-spirited fight the first time. What are you looking for here?
1: People born around don't die square. <laughs> they, you, people behave that way, fight that way. That's, that's what they are. Uh, that's that's what they are. Floyd Mayweather going in there. I told everybody, you think you're going to, oh, people were yelling to some of the commentators that are, one round, one round knockout. I'm like saying, I, I got a headache over here. You know what I mean, Ken? Like, wait a minute. I respect everybody. But where you come up with one round, do you understand what Floyd is and what he's not? He's a counterpuncher, he's a defensive wizard. He he ain't going after somebody. Gonna one round. I mean that's not what he is. Forget about this this that. Boop pop, pop, beep boop, boop. Forget all that. He's not that. And with this fight, they are what they are. You're gonna get another freaking good fight because they probably don't know how to fight any other way. They probably don't know how to do anything but behave that way, when it, when it comes down to it, and give you that fight. So you're gonna. It's a hell of a card. And then, and then what do you got, Nate Diaz? You talk about the energy. I'll let you take me there, but I just got to say, you talk about that energy bunny that just keeps on ticking uh, no matter what the licking. Oh, oh, oh. You, I mean, Nate Diaz. Oh, you talk about tough. I mean, so many of these guys are tough, but Wow. He's another poster child for that. But go ahead, take me there. That's the third one, right? That's the... Uh...
0: Yep, Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz, to your point earlier about boxing and UFC, about uh, the records, Nate Diaz is 21 and 12. He's probably the most anticipated fighter, one of the most anticipated fighters on that card. He could headline a show with 12 losses. I mean, he's done it in the past he never failed. He never, it's because of what he brings. He's because exactly. of what he brings,
1: what he is, what you know you're going to get. You know what's very similar to, and I mentioned his name earlier, Ken, and you beautifully set that up. You know what is similar to Arturo Gatti? Arturo Gatti was one of the few fighters that could lose a fight. You were still watching him the next month and two months later, three months. You will watch him. You marked it down on your calendar. Oh, he just lost two in a row. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn because I know what he's going to bring. Same thing. Same thing. And there's not too many guys that fall into that category. You know, Tyson was that guy too. He could lose just a while. But for different reasons, because he might bite someone's head off or you know, you know, to something. and if you sit in a real good seat he might spit in your mouth and your in your lap, you know. <laughs> but but no, I'm just kidding around. But but it was a morbid curiosity to Tyson that he might do something a little a little a little strange, you know. But um <laughs> but Gaddy you knew you knew what you were getting no matter what. And I think it's the same thing with Nate Diaz. You know what you're getting, the behavior. This warrior, this this samurai, this this savage as my son compliments these football players that you know, that he's with uh with the Raiders as in his position as assistant director of scouting. Uh you know, Raiders baby, Raiders baby. Let's have sleep on the Raiders. Um, so, this guy's a savage. There's a lot of savages in the UFC, and but he's in there. He's in. He's in really tough with Edwards. <laughs> Very. Oh, oh, because when you get hit too much, and that's part of your strength is absorbing and getting hit. And now you're in there with a guy who uh can take advantage of that and and uh, you make yourself sometimes too presentable or too uh, just too cooperative in that area if that's the right way to put it but uh you hit a rock you bang a rock you bang a rock you know and it's a big giant rock and you bang it and you're hitting it with a hammer and you hit it every day and nothing happens Nothing happens, Ken. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then after about a year of that, one day you come and you you rest on a rock. You put your elbow on it like this. And whoop! Oh, a piece of the rock falls off. You didn't even hit it. But don't forget how many times you hit it before. Don't forget how many times you hit it before. Nate Diaz is... Oh, he's a savage. He's a hell of a man. and But... It, you'll wonder when, that, when the Rock has had enough. You just wonder. That's all. I'm not counting him out because of his character, because of what's in here. So you can't count that out. And he's been off a while. And you know what? Everyone says that's a disadvantage because he's been inactive and he's older now and he's like, he could be the Rock. I get it. But you know what? I've seen it. When you get a, let a guy... That falls into that category of taking a lot of punishment. You let them rest. Sometimes they get a little rejuvenated. Sometimes they get a little rejuvenated. So it's it's a hell of a card. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for
0: him. No doubt about it. Rocky Edwards, eighteen and eighteen and three, coming off eight wins in a row. How do you like the line on this one? Plus three eighty-five on Diaz, minus five sixty on Rocky Edwards. That's a huge disparity for a UFC fight of this caliber. You very rarely see a line that big. I
1: probably, I'm not laying the five whatever to sixty or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not laying that, but um, maybe I take a little, maybe I take a peanut on on Diaz to just because of what I said. Maybe, but maybe I leave it alone to be honest and i look at the props uh what are the props for knockouts distance over under, all that stuff
0: the over under on that one is uh four and a half rounds minus 115 under even money at four and a half minus 115 for both over under four and a half
1: i might take a shot on the under. i agree but uh
0: my has got all the lines. I'm sure they'll have all the prop bets ready to go for UFC 263. Again, use promo code ATLAS for 50 a 50% credit on your first deposit. Um, don't use
1: up all your winnings because you got a lot yeah. of winnings there from the Mayweather poll that we gave you. So don't just use a little
0: of it. Use a little of it. Save some. Don't Be use it all. conservative. There's some huge fights coming up this summer we're going to have uh we we're going to be busy. We've got some fight plans to put together. We got Spence and Pacquiao. We got a Fury and Wilder rematch. There's a bunch of good ones in the pipeline. So uh and of course we got uh our man Dustin Poirier in with Conor McGregor on July 10th in Vegas. I'm going yeah. to that fight with Rob. I'm excited. It's going to no, be a good one.
1: Try not to distract Dustin before like just before <laughs> is about please please never control never. yourself god. <laughs>
0: You know, Never. Hey,
1: Dustin. Yes, Dustin. <laughs> I'm here, Dustin! I'm here! I'm <laughs> here! Hey! Listen, remember, control that range, that distance. Don't stay at the end of his left hand. Alright? Okay. Alright, Dustin. Come on. Can you hear me? I'm going to be calling throughout the fight. I'm going to be giving you some instructions. Make sure you're listening. Okay? Move your head. <laughs> Move your head. Control that range. Don't let him counter you. Don't walk into any traps, alright? Okay, you know. Come on, you know, loosen up! Me, Don't stay there.
0: They call me Angelo Dundee at the fights. <laughs> Thank on. God you're here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's well, great.
0: this was fun, Teddy. Thanks so much for doing it. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Lots of good action coming up, like we said. Thanks for the time.